At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter, you can get a hold of us at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, is the number to dial. You can catch us here. You can catch us on SoundCloud. You can catch us on SportsGarden.com. How about on iTunes? How about iHeartRadio? What about any of our fine syndicated affiliates? Yeah, Sports Garden is taking over the sports world, and we are here. We got a lot to talk about today, and you know, I, I think... I feel like the country and the sports world is getting a a little bit, I want to say, a little bit happier. I want to say a little encouraged, and especially the sports world. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, the sports world's reaction to the coronavirus. We'll definitely get into that. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. When will Young go? When will Burrow go? Well, we know he's going number one. Where will he go was a question. How about Tua? Tua has been on the mind of Every single person that I have talked to, let's talk about that. Winston's in the news. Newton's in the news. Caesars released their college football odds. We'll talk about that. So a lot to go over today. Stick with us. Some good, some bad. We're going to start by giving you what these sports leagues now are talking about when it comes to Corona. Well, the big news that came out is that Major League Baseball, they seem to have a plan in place. And I say they seem because I don't necessarily buy it. I don't buy it. I'm going to read to you what they have come up with. I'm going to go over what they have talked about. I'll give you all of that, and then I'll drop the bomb at the end and understand it's not me looking at this negatively. This is from the direct, exact, same message that you're going to get all the positivity from. Uh, Major League Baseball, they are looking to get Major League started. So how can they do this? Well, they're coming up with a plan. And these are just plans that are being thrown around. But understand this, guys. We always talk about as sports betting, peeling back the onion, looking at the layers, looking between the lines, reading between the lines. Well, the plan says all 30 teams may play in stadiums with no fans all in the Phoenix area. Think of this as like an Olympic Village type of feel. That's what they are looking to do, bringing trainers, bringing players, um, 
and put them all, all 30 teams, right, 26 men per team, not including coaches. You got uh, anywhere between, uh, you know, about 10, 12 coaches on each staff. Then you have trainers. Then you have that. So you got to think every team is going to carry roughly 50 people. That's also not including media, which they're going to have some cameramen. They have to have some broadcasters. They have to have that. So start doing the math. 50 times 30. You got about... You, you got to be talking about 200 plus people in this, we'll call it the Olympic Village type of style. They'll include Arizona's Chase Field, so they'll be playing in a big uh, field, 10 spring training facilities, uh, perhaps some other fields. Now, they haven't gotten the okay from Fauci or the CDC, but this is what they're throwing around. They also have thrown around a date, saying a May return date is possible. May Oh, boy, everyone's getting very, very excited. Officials have really said June most of the time. What would happen would be players would be getting tested daily for the coronavirus. They'd be getting tested uh, before the game. They would have to have some sort of social distancing. Not sure how that works with lockers and showers, but okay, that's what they're talking about. It all sounds promising, right? At least we have a May date. Or even if they miss May, this could work in June. Here's the problem. There's always two sides to the coin. And there's always politics involved, even if you don't know that it's actually politics. You don't have to have Donald Trump and presidents and senators to be politics. This is Major League Baseball politicking. Major League Baseball wants to look like to the fans, we are the good guys. We're trying everything. Here is the issue. They now have to take this ridiculous plan and bring this to the players union and the players union has to convince all their players and their player reps that these guys are going to be quarantined away from their families for almost five months i don't know if that's that's realistic i don't think that players are going to agree with that brett anderson pitcher for the a's came out and he put on twitter and he said you know this is no one's agreeing to this this is unrealistic it's unrealistic so it is a little bit of politics. Make us feel good. Baseball's trying to come back. Oh, but the players said no. Now, they didn't actually say no because this is just a proposal that's being thrown around. But in the middle of a global pandemic, would you want to be away from your family for four and a half, five months? Even if it's not the middle of a global pandemic, you have a contract to play. Would you want to do that? What if someone gets the coronavirus somehow? Who knows? He orders a pizza. I don't know. Well, what if somebody gets the coronavirus in the park? In that Olympic Village type of place, doesn't that mean that all 200 people that he's been associated with now are at risk? Then do you shut it down? You play play for three weeks, then do you shut it down again? And if you shut it down, well, coronavirus could live in you for 14 days to 20 days or so. Uh, do you shut it down for three weeks to make sure every—I mean, it just—it looks bad when you talk about, let's really break this down. The headlines are great. Major League Baseball wants to come back in May. That's cool. I want to date Kate Upton, right? I mean, the logistics are, is it going to happen? It doesn't look like it. So we have the family problem. What about the second problem? Okay, Major League Baseball, more than any other of the big sports, rely upon the ticket gate. That's what they do, right? It is the largest portion of their annual revenue. It's, it exceeds $10 billion. Yeah, that's a B. You think the owners are going to say, sure, let's just play a season where we don't get any putty at the gates? And if they do that, how does that kick into the insurance? Right? Their insurance, obviously, these billionaires have insurance. That's a problem as well. 
That's a problem as well. So now, even if the league and the union agree, which I'm telling you that that's not going to happen, but even if the league and the union agree and everything comes and says, okay, it's going to be fantastic. Okay, excellent. Here are the other ridiculous rules that they're putting in here. This reminds me of... of the stimulus bill where you read that you know, people put into ridiculous things. Oh, well, uh, this has nothing to do with it. Why are we funding the Kennedy Center? I mean, implementing an electronic strike zone. Now, they've toyed with the electronic strike zone for a while in Major League Baseball. Is this their way of kind of backdooring and throwing it in there? They say to allow the plate um- umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and batter. What about the catcher and batter, though? They're right on top of each other. Like spitting on each other and stuff. You got to be kidding me. This is a way to get the electronic strike zone implemented. No mound visits from the catcher or the pitching coach. Okay. Do you think that they're not going to talk in the dugout? Do you think they're not sitting next to each other in the dugout? Or are you going to sit one guy in like section 401 and one guy in the dugout? I I mean, are we kidding me? Seven inning double headers. That's another thing that Major League Baseball has been toying with is reducing the innings to nine, uh, to seven innings to speed up the game. Well, this is a way to, to test that, isn't it? Isn't this a little opening to test that? Regular use of on-field microphones by players for an added TV bonus. Yeah, this, this has anything to do with Corona. I mean, this is what you're throwing in there. And then, and then I was facetious and joking. Sitting in an empty stands, six feet apart, all the players have to be six feet apart. I guess if somebody gets a base hit, the first baseman can't hold the guy on, so he better move over. And, and if somebody steals a base, oh, you can't tag him because it's going to be too close. Can't have that happening. It, it, it just is ridiculous, guys. It, it's a ridiculous plan. I read it. I was excited. I was pumped up. The bubble, if you want to call it, the Major League Baseball bubble, the Olympic style. Oh, this is cool. And then you start to get into, let's unpeel this onion. And when you unpeel the onion, how what happens when you unpeel onions? You usually cry, right? I started unpeeling this onion. I started to cry a little because I said, this is a problem. Now, if you're not depressed enough, here's the kicker to it all. At the end, it said, Major League Baseball is trying to get these extreme measures in place because if this doesn't work, there will be no season. What the hell does that mean? Why do we have to go from ridiculous extreme one to uh, just scrap the entire season? Especially in May. Look, I am not a doctor, clearly, okay? I'm not a politician, clearly. I don't have the inside knowledge. But what I do know is the world is very different today than it was a month ago. How will the world look in a month from now? I think we're going to have a better idea. So why push this ridiculous agenda and then say something like, if we don't get this done, we can't have baseball? It's a horrible take. It's a terrible stance to have. There's no way to look at that in a positive light. So I know that the headlines were positive and everybody loved the headlines. It's because you don't read the fine print. Read the fine print. This ain't happening. It's not happening in May. I will tell you that. There's no way it's happening in May. Could this happen in July? Yeah, I think maybe. I still don't believe the Olympic Village thing. I think some of this. But I certainly do see an opening to things in the future. All right, let's continue to talk about the other leagues. The NHL 
are weighing possible scenarios, finishing a suspended season. They are looking for things there that, okay, maybe they could play in North Dakota. North Dakota has been thrown about. The University of North Dakota's uh, stadium in Grand Forks, they have an arena that holds 11,640. You, you put all the teams there and you play into a couple of stadiums. Yeah, maybe. The problem with the NHL, guys, is in Calgary, they have closed everything, all non-essentials, until July 2nd. In Toronto, it's until June 30th. There's no international travel until June 30th. So we can't even begin to talk about hockey until July 3rd. And then this happens. Yesterday, yesterday, among the conversation that the NHL might open up, third player now. Number three on the Colorado Avalanche has been tested positive for COVID-19. So they're still getting tested, still getting tested positives. You can't have people getting tested positives, guys. You can't have positive COVID testing and expect a, a league to potentially open up. I think the NHL, and I said this when it all began, I think the NHL is in the most dire straits because you're dealing with two different countries. So while I still believe that the league's have really no say in when they open up. I think it's way more about when the the governors of each state allow them to open up. The NHL is dealing with countries, provinces, states. It's a different level. I'm sorry, but I think the NHL season is over. Do I think we're going to get baseball? Yeah, I do. Do I think we're going to get the NHL? I, I, I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now. How about the NBA? Sports Illustrated's uh, Chris Maddox reported last week, the NBA is looking to have the entire postseason in Las Vegas. Now, I had mentioned that they were talking about maybe Atlantic City, maybe Vegas, maybe two or three. Now it's pretty much just Las Vegas is where they're they're talking about. Um, Wojo has said that the NBA would, quote-unquote, like to have a champion crowned on Labor Day weekend. Ah, that would be cool. That would be really great. I think it's a little far-fetched. Not that I don't think they can get it done, but here's the thing. If you're having a champion on Labor Day weekend, that means you're scrapping the regular season. Let's just get rid of the regular season, okay? Because if you have a scenario where that happens, it, it you're not going to be able to have a regular season. You're not going to be able to have any real sort of playoff it is kind of just going to be, okay, we're going into this thing and we're, we're diving full on. And I'm okay with that. And I thought all along that that's kind of, you know, what's going to happen here. You know, I do believe, I truly, truly do believe that the NBA is going to do everything they can. If not, I don't want to use the word force, but if not force a season. Uh, you just hear it from the general managers. We talked to Larry Hughes about this last week. You hear it from the general managers. You hear it from front office people, you hear it from coaches, even some players, where they feel optimistic. And they have from the very beginning. I mean, even Mark Cuban has come out and actually thrown dates around. And we've now heard, by the way, we've heard from Major League Baseball, we have heard from the NHL, and we've heard from the NBA all saying a May return. I can be wrong, and I hope I am, but I've sat here for weeks now and told you there's no way May is happening. There's no way May is happening. I think June is the absolute earliest that we could hope for sports, and sports where fans are in the seats, I think we're looking at August. Now, remember, look in the game within the game. All these leagues are coming up with all these kind of scenarios, right? 
all after they sat down with Donald Trump on a long message, on a long conference call, where they all sat there and said, okay, let's have a conversation about what's going to happen. They left that conversation. None of them talked to the media at any extensive rate. And then days later, Major League Baseball goes, all right, we're going to have like an Olympic Village thing where a hundred things have to go right. And if they don't go right, we're not having a season. And the NBA said, all right, we'll go, we'll go to Las Vegas and we'll just stay in one city. And... The NHL said, oh, we're going to go to North Dakota, and we're going to stay in one city. What happened on that phone call, guys, that made them say, we have no hopes to come back in June or July? They're all talking about May, but now they're all talking about a one-city kind of situation. So with all that said, let's talk about uh, two other leagues, which are very intriguing. Um, English Premier League, they're looking to have a second season, sort of, behind closed doors, potentially not even televising the games. Again, why are we going through these drastic lengths? I I think that's a ridiculous scenario. And you want to talk about ridiculous scenarios? Well, what was the headliner this week? Some of the headline news was Dana White... UFC's Dana White, the MMA promoter, has basically bought an island. I don't know if you guys heard this. He said, I have an island set up in the next couple of days. I'm going to take all my fighters, bring them to an island, and we're going to put on UFC events like every week. I give him a lot of credit for trying to capitalize on the situation and give us some kind of sports, right? I give him a lot of credit for the inventive talk of let's go on an island in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I don't think this is happening to where where he thinks. Do I think Dana White is going to buy an island? Yeah, I do. Do I think Dana White is going to drag UFC fighters to an island? I do. And do I think we're going to see UFC fighting on this deserted island in the middle of nowhere? I think we are. I don't see it being an every week thing. I don't see him getting big names there. Uh, I, I think this is going to to be a little bit far-fetched when you talk about it. But you can see how the outside-the-box thinking is trying to take place. I know it, it's, you want to call it quote-unquote fake, but the WWE had their WrestleMania this week. And they had to outside-the-box think. It got great reviews. They did a good job pre-produced segments and things of that nature. Obviously, they can do things that other sports can't, but they're thinking outside the box. People are trying to think outside the box. While you could applaud the thinking outside the box, I look at it in the other way and I say, guys, if you're thinking outside the box, that means that phone call told you something that we need to know. And that is that the president, that the leagues believe that we're in some dire straits for the summer. None of these leagues would be doing these things, floating these things to the public, floating them through the news to see the reaction. None of them would be doing that if they said, cool, full stadiums in July 4th and and we'll be fine. None of them. They're doing that because they fear they have to cancel their season or go to dramatic lengths. So hold up on the overreaction one way or the other, just kind of laying it out. Now let's get into some real sports. I got some real odds. I made some bets this week. I think you guys should jump on some bets. We have the draft in two weeks. We do have stuff to jump on into, and let's have a conversation about it. We'll talk about all that and more right after this on Wagering Week. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. 
No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, DraftKings has the order of drafted players put out for the draft that will begin in just a couple of weeks from now. The 23rd, it's coming, guys. We're going to have a real NFL draft. Well, the odds are out. Burrow, Young, Tua leading the way at plus 225 in that order. So you have to pick one, two, three. Look, Burrow's going one, then Young. Burrow, Young, uh, Akuda, plus, one to, uh, plus 275. Burrow, Young, Tua, Young, plus 300. Burrow, Tua, Akuda, 1100. Burrow, Young, Simmons, plus 1200. Burrow, Young, Herbert, plus 1400. Now, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is a couple of things happened this week when you look at some of the odds. Look, Joe Burrow's going number one. All right, let, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not disguise it in any other way. Joe Burrow is going number one overall. 90% chance, 95% chance that he's going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Is there an outside prayer that Miami could trade up? Yeah, I guess there is. You know, it's the Bengals. Who knows? Anything can happen there. But we know Joe Burrow's going number one. Alabama quarterback to a T, who is among uh, you know the elite, and you can see where his odds are. According to a report, participated in voluntary medical red check facilitated by the NFL Combine, and he's got overwhelmingly positive results. Now, in the same breath that I'm going to say that, we also got word this week that Tua has had five surgeries since he's been in college. Mike Tannenbaum was somebody uh, that really ripped it apart. He basically said that he wouldn't be taking him. You can't invest that much money into you know the way that he's had these injuries. The injury news has come out, and it's not been verified that he's had that many surgeries, that many injuries, that many problems. And Tua is... One of the more interesting lightning rod players maybe that we've ever had in the, in the NFL draft. I can't remember a potential number one overall pick, even though he's not going to be it, but a top three pick that had this much complete and utter, I would say, other sides of the coin and the philosophies on the other sides of the coin. Look, last year, Kyler Murray, I don't care if you were the biggest, biggest, biggest Cliff Kingsbury guy and you loved Arizona. Last year, generally, we all sat down and said, Murray should not go number one, but he probably will. It got to that point. Look, it started. There's no way anyone's taking him at one. We were all kind of there. Even though people were torn about him, sure. You may have been torn about Winston in the past or Mariota in the past. Yeah, yeah, look, there are players that are torn about. Mitch Trubinsky comes to mind. There are players you're torn about early on, but it's a lot about skill set. This is 100% about an injury for Tua. Now, this is some interesting more interesting information for those of you looking to make a buck. We said Burrow's going number one. Well, Chase Young in some spots out there, in some uh, sports books out there, has jumped to minus 500, and there's even a minus 700 that he will go number two overall. Uh, that That's pretty huge. Okay, you're not taking a minus 700 that he goes number two overall, but it makes sense. The Redskins just drafted Haskins. Whether you believe that he's the guy or not, I think you have to stick with him. So Young going number two, well, 
I just gave you six odds. He was number two in six of the, uh, four of those six odds. Number three would be the interesting guy. Now, number three is sitting there, and it does belong to the Detroit Lions. Will it remain the Lions pick? I think that's what we're all looking at. I think what we're all thinking about is, will that pick remain the Lions pick? Because, first of all, if it does remain the Lions pick, there's a chance the Lions take to it, right? Send Stafford maybe to New England? Oh, did I just bother everybody out there with some realism? It's very possible. Very possible that that happens. I think what we now can pretty much assess from all this, though, is that number one, Burrow is clearly one. I think Young is clearly two. This is all about who do you see at three. So when you're making a bet like this, I would cross out Tua at two. I really would. You know, can the Redskins trade down? Sure, but if you're dealing with that, you're kind of sure the Redskins don't. Are you paying for a number two? Then you have to play for the, pay for the slot position of number two. So I don't see that happening. If I'm putting my money on it, I think that there is someone out there. Whether it be the Lions, and it still might be. I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. But I think somebody trades up. And it may be just Miami who trades up for three to five. I don't like any of these one, two, three bets, though. If my money's on it, I'm going. That That's my order. If my money, if I got to put my, my hard-earned cash on this, I'm going to bet one, two, three, Burrow, Young, Tua. But I'm not putting my money on it because I don't like these one, two, three bets because you just don't know. Look, I know Burrow is going one. I'm pretty damn convinced that Young's going two. As far as three goes, I don't know who's picking there. You don't know who's picking there. Hell, these teams don't know who's picking there. By the way, how ridiculous. On a side note, we'll, we'll veer off for a second here. How ridiculous is it that these owners are multi-billionaires? I love to say billion like that because it, it just it, it seeps in a little. Multi-billionaires. And they are very worried about hacking during the draft, computers during the draft. This is like talking to your mom or your grandparents that just can't o- operate a computer. How, how do you have billions and you don't have a logistics team to make sure that this doesn't happen? How, how is this a conversation? Are we kidding me? Are we joking? I'm not the biggest computer guy, right? My producer is Gary. Is He's a computer guy. Could you imagine being a multi-billionaire with the funds like that and worried someone's going to, one of these other teams are going to hack into your Zoom and like steal a pick? How, how re, what world are we living in right now? And this is a general concern. It's like an actual thing. There's a bet out there on an offshore, and I'm not going to mention the offshore because it's ridiculous. Will a team blame a computer malfunction after the draft? <laughs> I'm saying yes. They should have one. Gary, that's what they should have. They should have, will we hear the AOL uh, you know, speed up? Will we hear that? Will we hear that at some point in the draft? If that happens, it's coming from Belichick, by the way. <laughs> right? I mean, or maybe Andy Reid. But it's coming from Belichick, probably. That's that's what we're looking at. So I look the NFL draft is coming up. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of uh, NFL draft news, which is is pretty just pretty interesting. And, and you, you do you have to chuckle at some of these things when you hear some of the the quote unquote concerns that these billionaires are having. All right, guys. Since we are talking about that, a couple of other props. When I see a prop play, I'm going to throw it out there for you. 
Okay, whether I like it, whether I don't, but where I see interesting prop plays and I see them bounce around all the time. Then we'll get back into some NFL news. The last draft prop play that I saw. Everybody knows that the FCC is going to have a lot of players, and, and uh, among every sports book, you have how many SEC players will be chosen, how many Alabama players will be chosen. This happens all the time, no problem. But now we are more than just a regional area, and the SEC carries the day, I get it. But we talk about regency bias, and it's a term that we've coined, the regency bias of sports betting. Well, Play Indiana, who covers mostly Illinois, Chicago area, and Indiana. Play Indiana has an over-under on Big Ten players being drafted over-under five and a half. First of all, I'm very curious to see what this evolves into. Is everyone going to have this, right? When we get betting in Florida, are they going to have the ACC numbers or— are all the sports books going to have to cover it? I've only seen this at Bet Indiana. I can't find it anywhere else. So I thought that was a little interesting. Big 10 players over under five and a half. I'm not betting on it. Something I want to throw along. All right, let's go over some other NFL news and notes here. There's some interesting stuff. Jadavian Clowney. He's now asking for $18 million a year. The odds are Clowney is minus 120 to return to the Seahawks, plus 400 to go to the Titans. But the Titans are starting to gain a little momentum. He's 27 years old. He's the best non-quarterback left out there in free agency. He might be just the best player left there in free agency. I think he wanted $20 million. I think $18 million is still too much. The Seahawks are the favorite at minus 120. I don't know if they're going to go out there and do this. They just haven't shown the ability to do this in in the run of Pete Carroll. The Titans plus 400 might be worth uh, a penny or two. Cowboys signed Alden Smith. Remember, he was the linebacker, formerly of the Niners. He gets a $2 million deal. He's not even reinstated in the NFL, by the way. He's not even allowed to play. Now he's expecting full reinstatement, but the Cowboys feel like, yeah, it's going to be okay. He's had multiple DUI arrests. He's gotten a domestic abuse uh, plea deal. Now apparently he's sober. He's 30 years old. We'll see how this works out. I, I think for the Cowboys, look, I think anybody that raises their hand to a child or a woman, you scumbag, you should never be able to play in the NFL again. That's the way I look at it. And I go a little bit further. You shouldn't be allowed out of jail again. Sorry. That, that's just the way that I deal with it, okay? But on a non-personal level, on a business level, um, makes sense, doesn't it? You roll the dice on a $2 million deal. He's only going to play one year. He's 30 years old. He's clearly got a lot to prove. Chip on his shoulder. Dallas is making a Super Bowl run, or they want to make a Super Bowl run. I think this is a really good deal for Dallas. I, I really do. I think that Dallas is... I don't know exactly who they're missing, but I think they're about one spark away, maybe one player away from making some noise. I'm not saying winning the Super Bowl, but from making some serious noise. Is Alden Smith that guy? He might be. If he's that the guy that I watched, what, three, four years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, he might be. Pass rushers are, are massive, massive in this league. He could be that guy. I think it's a great gamble from a business standpoint. I hate that they did it, but it's a good gamble on a business standpoint. How about Derrick Henry? Um, The two sides are just not able to work anything out, so he's going to get a $10.2 million franchise tender. But they have until July 15th to come to a long-term deal. you got to think that the Titans are going to sign this guy to a long-term deal. Speaking of head cases and problems, 
right? Let's go to Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio Brown, um, he continues to work out with the Ravens. Yeah, he he was on Twitter and on Instagram catching 50-yard passes from Lamar Jackson. He's cousins with their wideout Marquise Brown, right? Hollywood Brown, we all know him. He's working with Baltimore a lot. First of all, should we talk about social distancing? All right, but, but I'm not going to get into that. But he's working out with Baltimore a lot. And you start to think about the idea that Antonio Brown's coming back and everyone said, well, it's going to be New England. And then, well, Tom Brady loves him. It's Tampa, right? If you're the Ravens, can't you take a shot like this? First of all, the Ravens don't exactly have a, a history of having really good guys on their team. I'm just saying, in their organization, they may or may not have an accused murderer on their ring of fame. Just maybe. So they don't, they don't have the PR problem there. What it really is Lamar Jackson missing? I know Marquise Brown is good, but isn't he missing that explosive deep threat? This might be a fit, guys, and I get it. It's because he's cousins, and it's a. But if you're out there catching passes from Lamar Jackson, at least you're staying in shape. At least you're staying in pretty decent, uh, uh, I guess, football minded. I, I don't know what to think about Antonio Brown. I have said all along I don't think he ever plays again. But to continue seeing the guy continue to play and continue to play with pros and continue to get that support from the pros. It makes me think that maybe the door is a little bit more open than I had thought. Let's also go to the quarterback over in L.A. By the way, Hard Knocks has announced they're going to have two versions this week or this year. Uh, two versions of Hard Knocks. They're doing a double dip here. Both L.A. teams going to be the Rams and the Chargers. The first time the Chargers will ever be there. The Rams seeming like every year that they are there. It works with the proximity. It works with, with the situation. We are going to get a double dip. So I'm kind of into that. I like Hard Knocks. They put on a good show. But who's going to be the quarterback of the Chargers? Anthony Lynn continues to say Tyrod Taylor is the guy. Tyrod Taylor's in the driver's seat, he said. He's in the driver's seat, but nothing's finalized. You know, look, I like Tyrod. I've supported Tyrod Taylor for a while. But there are two guys out there right now that I believe that are just better than Tyrod Taylor, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Do I think they're marketably better? No, I don't. Do I think they'll both cost more than him? Of course. Of course they will. And do I believe that the Chargers are the best course of actions to go get a, you know, a young guy in the draft? Yeah, I believe all those things. But I think that there's some legs to this. I think there's some legs to the Chargers saying, you know, we're going to go into the year with Tyrod Taylor. We think that we can go out there and maybe grab a Dalton after the draft or a Winston after the draft or a Newton after the draft and give an open competition. But right now, I think we're okay with Tyrod Taylor. And I also believe that there is that idea when you're talking about the draft that they are sitting back and saying, we can get a late quarterback. And when I say late, I mean, you know, late first round, early second round. We can get that guy and let him learn under Tyrod Taylor. Look, look at Jordan Love. Everyone wants to grab a piece of this guy. Jordan Love's a hot name, moving up the charts. Everybody's kind of into Jordan Love. Um, I'm seeing him going inside the top 10 in some drafts. I don't think that's realistic. I think that Jordan Love is a guy that goes 15, 17. The Chargers are right there. The Chargers have an opportunity. And you're telling me that Jordan Love, who all of the experts are saying needs a year to kind of sit, a year to sit back and just learn the system, sit 
Jordan Love behind Tyrod Taylor, by the way, a lot of the same attributes, by the way, a lot of the same makeups. Tyrod Taylor, a scrambling running quarterback, uh, needs to learn the system a little bit. Jordan Love uh, working under him. I think it's a match made in heaven if they're able to get love. So don't go into this season thinking that there's no way Tyrod Taylor could be the starting quarterback because I'm listening to Anthony Lynn, and I think that there is. I think there's a better chance that opening day Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback than week eight, if that makes sense. I think by week eight, maybe by week 10, they're going with somebody different. But I think week one, especially with the shortened spring, the shortened summer, and all that. I think Tyrod Taylor's got a shot. Last news and note, let's talk about quarterbacks. Jared Stidham is right now the New England Patriots starting quarterback. And there are odds out there about Jared Stidham, and he's the underdog to be the starting quarterback. He's still getting about 130, 140 on Jared Stidham. Guys, I've told you all along, they are ready to go with him. Brian Oyer's the backup. They love the fact that 34-year-old Brian Hoyer is the backup. He's the guy, the placeholder. He absolutely knows the system. He can throw Brian Hoyer in there. But Stidham is the guy right now. It doesn't look like New England is interested in Andy Dalton, unless this is a huge smokescreen, which it certainly can be with that organization. Is Andy Dalton a marketable improvement over Jared Stidham? I don't know. I haven't seen him play. I haven't seen him play enough. Is Cam Newton? Doesn't look like they want any part of Cam Newton. I still think that New England wants to draft a quarterback, but I'm telling you now, guys, if you're making a bet who's going to be the opening day quarterback for the New England Patriots, Jared Stidham is a pretty good bet. Let's talk about more quarterbacks with Bet to the Future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to to the the future. All right, guys, bet to the future this week brings us to those other quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about Jameis Winston. Here are the odds from FanDuel Sportsbook. What team, remember, this isn't who's taking the snap in week one, because I would say uh, Jameis Winston doesn't take a snap in week one. But what team will Jameis Winston be on in week one? The Jaguars are plus 220, Dolphins plus 370, Saints plus 380, Broncos plus 600, Steelers plus 600, Patriots plus 750. Patriots are way down the list. Look, I have eliminated the Patriots uh, pretty much all over the place. I've gotten rid of the Patriots. Bill Belichick hates, absolutely hates turnovers. He's not taking a 30-interception quarterback. The Broncos at plus 600. Look, you know, Drew Locke is their guy. They're building a nice core there. They're building a nice team there. Drew Locke is the guy. You don't want to put unneeded pressure on him. Saints at plus 380. This doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. He, he's not a guy uh, that goes into that spot. The Saints, uh, to me, that, that's a ridiculous bet. Dolphins plus 370. I continue to hear the Dolphins and the Dolphins and the Dolphins and the Dolphins. Let's be honest. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback. It's just reality. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. And you got Fitzpatrick on the team. It's also not a pressure situation if you do go out there and draft a guy like Tua. All right, Tua, you learn under Fitzpatrick. If we have to flip-flop back and forth, Ryan's not going to be upset. You're not going to be upset. Putting Winston in there, I don't like that match. Jaguars plus 220 makes some sense. I don't think that Jacksonville is sold on Gardner Minshew. I think they should be. But I don't think they are sold on Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't see them drafting a quarterback. So you're kind of looking for a backup there. Jaguars at plus 220 makes some sense. 
But the team that I'm all over and the team that I'm betting, I like the Steelers plus 600. I'm hearing a lot of chatter out of Pittsburgh. You guys know I do a lot of work in Pittsburgh. Hearing a lot of chatter out of Pittsburgh that this is really a scenario that, that might be in place. And you think about, let's talk about the Steelers. They are used to an offense with a really big-bodied guy in Ben Roethlisberger all these years. Jameis Winston is the same kind of guy. Ben Roethlisberger, the knock on him has always been, eh, he forces a little bit, too many interceptions, but he throws deep and he's got a lot of yards. Mm, same thing with Jameis Winston. The problem with Ben Roethlisberger is, is in his, what, 17-year career, he's had two healthy seasons. Two healthy seasons throughout his entire career. You need a backup, not only for the long term, but you need a backup to Ben, and you need a backup to Ben this year, a guy that missed all of last season in Ben Roethlisberger. You need somebody to walk in, to fill in, maybe it's only a game or two. With Ben, it's usually game two, three or four, or whatnot. James Winston fits right there. And then you talk about the future. The Pittsburgh Steelers have tried to navigate through the waters of not having a quarterback, having a quarterback. They've tried to navigate through these waters and get guys like Landry Jones and this one and that, and they've had backups and guys getting hit in the head with a helmet. I mean, this is their future is basically Ben Roethlisberger at this point. This is their plan because they don't have a plan. Or they have a plan. They're not able to execute it. Bring in Winston. He becomes your future. Bill Cowher came out, and he thinks James and the Steelers are a great fit, right? I mean, the Roonies, Ben, Arians, and Bill, Bill Cowher, that, that's what you got. And you got them all kind of leaning to James Winston. I think the Steelers plus 600 is a really good bet out there. I would be all over that. Let's continue with bets of the future. What about Cam Newton? Again, there is no odds who Cam Newton will take a snap from in week one. Because if there was, I would be saying no. I would be saying I'm not taking anything, right? But here are the odds now. Remember, the odds have changed. So I'll give you some of the odds changed. Well, the Chargers were thought to be the team. They were minus 150 uh, just about a month ago. They're now plus 200, so some faith has been lost in the Chargers. The Jaguars has come down. They're now at plus 300. The Dolphins have come down. They're at plus 350. Broncos have all stayed about 6-1 to one or so. Patriots about 6-1. to one. And the Redskins about 10-1. to one. Cam Newton in some of these spots is interesting. Cam Newton on the Patriots I thought would have been a great fit. Uh, I get the personality aspect. I think Cam Newton's going to have a chip on his shoulder, guys, and I think Cam Newton's going to have a big year for whoever he plays for if he gets the shot. I have never been a Cam Newton guy. I have been an anti-Cam Newton guy for most of my radio career. But I think he's got a shot to have a chip on his shoulder. I like the pit fit with the Patriots. I like the Patriots situation. I, I understand the idea that he doesn't fit with Belichick. I do. But the talent is just overwhelming. And Bill is a guy that takes shots for low value. The money is the thing with Cam Newton. If, if you could tell, tell me that Cam Newton would come in at a very low price, Belichick would be all over him to try to look like a genius. What about incentives? What about Cam comes in with incentives? That's something that I could see happening. How about the Broncos? Nah, I told you guys, I, I don't see anybody pushing the Broncos. I just don't. I, I think that when you have a young quarterback, whether Drew Locke is the guy or not, 
I think you find out this year if he's the guy or not. And there's no reason to have a threat behind him to push him. So I don't like that. Redskins 10 to 1. Look, if the Redskins aren't taking a quarterback at number two, they're not taking Cam Newton. They're not. If they don't take a quarterback at number two, they're saying Dwayne Haskins is our guy. We're going down with Dwayne Haskins. One way or the other. We're living or dying with Dwayne Haskins. That's what they're telling us. So I don't think Cam Newton's a fit there. Dolphins plus 350. I think that a lot of this has to depend on how this draft works out. Now, I just said Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Jameis Winston. I fully believe that. I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback right now than Cam Newton. But the reality is, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick um, is a an older quarterback, is a hit away. I, I hesitated to say a hit away because every quarterback's a hit away, but Ryan Fitzpatrick can fall off the the map at any given time. So the age has to be a little bit of a concern. I would roll the dice with the age with Fitzpatrick and Tua more than Winston and Tua. And maybe you don't want Tua involved with Cam Newton, who gets the rap of being a problem guy, although he does a lot of charity work and stuff. He gets the rap of being a problem guy here and there. You know, I look at this situation with Miami and I say, Cam makes a lot of sense. But let's see how the draft works out. Let's see how this draft works out. I'm hearing that Justin Herbert might go to Miami, obviously, too. Miami's walking out of the first round with a top five pick. I don't think that you want to have that much capital spent in quarterbacks. You're paying Fitzpatrick. You're going to be paying a top five pick. And you're going to be paying Cam Newton. I'm eliminating the Dolphins based on the fact that while it makes some sense, it just doesn't make total sense to me. Which brings us to the Chargers and Jaguars. Plus 200, plus 300. I just told you I believe Tyrod Taylor is the guy there. I believe that the Chargers want to make a splash in the draft. And perhaps if they walk away from the first and second rounds and they don't get a quarterback, now it's time to revisit Winston. Maybe now it's time to revisit Cam. But the Chargers are a team that didn't want to pay Phillip Rivers. I don't think they're going to go out there and pay Cam Newton. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The Jaguars are the team that makes some sense to me. I like Gardner Minshew. I would like him to get an opportunity. I would like Gardner Minshew to get an opportunity um, to see what he can become. But if you have an opportunity to get Cam Newton on this team, you go take that shot. And at plus 300, I kind of like those odds. I'm not betting it, but I think Jacksonville would be the place where he lands if you're asking me where am I putting my money down. So that is bet to the future. All right, guys, last thing I wanted to kind of leave you with today, national title odds for the NCAAs have been announced. NCAA football at Caesars Entertainment, they've been announced. So I'm not going to give you them all. I want to run through them a little bit here. Clemson, the favorite, plus 250. Ohio State, plus 300. Alabama, plus 500. Georgia, plus 700. Florida, plus uh, 1,200. LSU, Oklahoma, 18 to 1. Oregon, 25 to 1. Notre Dame and Texas are 28 to 1. Auburn, Penn State, Texas A&M, 30 to 1. And Michigan, 35 to 1. College football futures are a little bit different than any other sport. In... Major League Baseball, sure, you have the top few teams, but outside of those top few teams, you can still get some value. You'll still see some 12 to 1, 15 to 1 teams that certainly can go out there and win it. Of, of course, they're not going to be the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, but you can see that. Last year, I was the one who told you before the season to jump on the Washington Nationals. We all made money on that. 
In the NFL, you can always get the same kind of situation. You could always get pretty good odds. Now, I know Kansas City you know, was the, the odds-on favorite, but you can always get decent odds for a team that at least will be right there. Baltimore last year was right there, okay? Um, and they had great odds. In the NCAA tournament, sure, those top, 10 teams are always going to be in there. But within those top 10 teams, you might have a pretty good option. And so on and so forth with the NBA, uh, outside of you know the Warriors and Cavs, which dominated for a while, you, you can grab some value. Toronto was some value. You can grab some value in the NHL, of course, maybe the, the best value league that's out there, St. Louis. In college football, you really don't have any value. Look, you just don't. You could go undefeated. I'm talking to you, UCF. You could go undefeated and still never get a chance to even play for a national championship. Outside of the top 15 teams in the NCAA football world, you have no chance to win the NCAA championship. And I would argue, and oh, by the way, I have argued, outside the top 10, you have no chance to win the national championship. So when I see Michigan 35 to 1, you could say, well, if Michigan does this and if Michigan does that and if Michigan, I, I don't think Michigan has a prayer. They lose their quarterback. I have not seen enough in Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. I have not seen enough in this team. So I'm eliminating them. Texas A&M, let's get off the Jimbo Fisher train. All right? Let, let's calm down with this. Texas A&M is not ready to compete for a national championship. Auburn, they're always sneaky. They're always tough. They're in the SEC. So they'll get a little bit more love than they probably should, but they do have to deal with a schedule there. Penn State, everyone's very high on Penn State this year. Count me out as being high on Penn State this year. I think they're, they are who we think that they are. They're a one-to-two loss team. They're a team that's going to battle for the top 10 every year. I don't love the job that's being done there when you're talking about a national championship. Notre Dame at 28-1, to Texas at 28-1. to Both of them are intriguing. But both of those teams that I liked last year are both supposed to take a giant step back this year. So at 28 to 1 odds, I'm not willing to put a shot that Texas can beat Oklahoma and then beat the teams to win a championship. I'm not willing to do the same with Notre Dame either. Oregon 25 to 1 odds makes some sense here. Washington is supposed to take a step back. Stanford doesn't look overly good. USC not exactly in the playoff picture. 25 to 1 odds for a team that will likely be in the playoff picture. Oh, that looks good. But Hey, oh, by the way, they lost the best quarterback you know, that they've had in a little while since Mariota and uh, a top five pick. That's going to be hard for them to get over, even though it is Oregon. Oregon 25 to 1, not a terrible bet, though. Oklahoma 18 to 1. What do we know about Lincoln Riley? He just makes quarterbacks. And you do lose Jalen Hurts, but he's lost Murray before that. And before that, he lost Baker Mayfield. Oklahoma 18-1 to makes some sense. LSU, they lost the best quarterback in the school's history. You cannot bet on that team. Cannot bet on him. So Notre Dame at 25-1, to maybe. I, I, I mean, uh, Oregon 25-1. to Notre Dame, maybe. Oregon 25-1 to makes a little sense. Oklahoma at 18-1. to Makes a little bit of sense if you're going for odds. How about Florida at 12 to 1? I don't like Florida at all this year. I don't like Florida at all, period. I don't think they have what it takes. I don't think they're ready to step up to the next level to take on teams like Alabama, to take on teams like Georgia, to take on teams like Auburn. They are not to that level. They're missing a lot uh, on both sides of the ball at week in and week out. This is a team that just perennially disappoints, and I don't think that they're just suddenly going to be in this thing. Georgia, can I say the same thing about Georgia? 
Every year I like their roster. Every year I'm looking at Georgia and I'm going, this could be the year. Every single season you go, yeah, Georgia, 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 7-1. to one. I've seen this movie before, guys, and it ends the same way. I'm not going with them. Ohio State, 3-1. to one. Ah, 3-1 to one odds. I can't go with anybody on 3-1 to one odds. I think Ohio State will be right back in this thing. Uh, they did lose Dobbins, but I think they'll be back in uh, this race. I do think that their league is a lot better. I think their conference is a lot better this year. And that concerns you. you got to worry about Penn State. got to worry about Michigan. got to worry about Wisconsin. You have teams, even Nebraska coming on up. Ohio State at 3-1. to one. I'm not saying Ohio State's bad, but I don't like the 3-1 to one odds. Clemson is my my favorite to win it all. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to win the Heisman. I think Clemson wins the championship. But at 2.5-1, to one, I can't go on this. I can't take a shot at 2.5-1. to one. I, I can't do it. There's no value here. And you can't just make bets where you're saying, oh, okay, well, I love this. Yeah, you love it, but you have to have some value, and there's zero value here at all. So I'm not taking Clemson. The team I didn't mention was Alabama, who, depending on where you shop, you're either getting 5-1 to one or 6-1. to one. Now, I know Alabama had a down the year last year. Yeah, they did. And they lost Tua. And they lost Jerdy. And they lost all these guys, right? But we know that the... College football landscape is skewed towards the SEC. It's skewed towards Alabama. Alabama is one of about three teams in the country that can lose a game, and it really doesn't matter. They've still got a shot at the playoff, and you'll probably make it with one loss. Alabama is a team that could lose the SEC championship game and still go to the playoff. Alabama is a team that could not even make the SEC championship game and still go to a playoff. Six to one odds. Maybe they might not win it all, but I see a hedging opportunity there. So another situation. I am not an Alabama guy. I consistently think they are overrated. Alabama with five to one or six to one odds. That's on my radar. I'll be taking a shot at Alabama. The long shots, Oklahoma and and Oregon both make sense as a long shot. All right, guys. A lot to digest. We have some hope. I think we're getting over the hump here. I hope that we're getting over the hump and we got some sports. At least they're talking about coming on back. So that's a good thing. Hope everybody stays safe and healthy out there. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.